Tumbling Saber team is proud to present Worthy of Recognition, a look at the names and faces that make Star Wars an unforgettable experience and an integral part of our lives. Hey everybody, welcome to the pilot episode of Worthy of Recognition. That's what we're calling this thing. Uh, we're going to delve into our love of Star Wars, our mutual love of this saga that we just we spend our entire lives uh, invested in. And how, the way we're going to do that is looking at the four faces of Star Wars, the four most important people that make up your Star Wars experience. So it's going to take some soul searching. Uh, but our guinea pig for this episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is none other none other than the first knight of the Star Wars Commonwealth. It's ads. Hey, Carl, how you doing? I am doing grand, man. It's it's. We we, we spoke before we started recording. It's yeah. it's been way too long in getting this <laughs> yeah. thing off the ground. It's it's re- a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, good things come to those that wait. So. Yeah, and thanks for being the, the guinea pig. I have no idea how this is going to play out. This is literally uh, the, there. There's been no dry run. There's been. <laughs> No rehearsals. <laughs> there really hasn't. No, we are just going to hit this thing and see what comes out. And uh, we, we will course correct as needed in the future. Uh, yes. So, uh, so let's, I mean, let's start at the beginning. Uh, you're, obviously we're all lifelong Star Wars fans here, but what, what was it like for you uh, growing up with Star Wars? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I got into Star Wars as I'm sure lots of people did from you know very young child uh my earliest memory i won't say right away because that's sort of one of the one of the names i'm gonna i'm gonna pluck out of the air later on but i suppose my star wars experience it can be separated into three time zones so it's the childhood sort of four to ten i guess um, I was four or five when Return of the Jedi was released. So I was born in 1978, uh, I think May 1983 that was released. So Are we, are we, are we both 78s? Yeah, November 78 I am. Nice! Yeah. All right. So, 39 this year, 40 next year. Um, yeah, I'm right there all with that you, man. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I kind of I came into it, I suppose, late as far as the trilogy was concerned. I didn't ever get to see any of them at the cinema. Um, Return of the Jedi was my Star Wars film. I mean, that was the one that really hit home, the one that made me sort of love the love the saga. And I actually I then watched back uh, A New Hope and Empire from an older position. Um, Return of the Jedi was my film, and and uh, you'll see later on. You know, figures from that film became became really important. Uh, the second phase would have been sort of uni, so I was nineteen twenty when Phantom came out, um, and I got back into it again. Then I never le- I never lost it, but I I never did the. Uh, the non-canon. I never ever read the books. I never got into the magazines. So my Star Wars was very much the films, and because of the natural gaps between the films, 
I kind of went in peaks and troughs, I suppose. Yeah, uh, there's sort of that uh, the, the dark times, as they call it. Just it was, yeah, it yeah. was like that 16 year period where there was nothing but the amount of love you had for the Sega. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I'm I'm one of I'm one of four children, but I'm the eldest, uh, and I've got three younger sisters. So there wasn't a there wasn't a younger brother. You know, there wasn't a Corey, shall we say, who could <laughs> uh, bounce <laughs> bounce ideas off, or you know, share toys or books or whatever, play computer games. It was sort of me, uh, and then three three sisters who didn't really didn't really get it. Um, and then, yeah, the, the third third period was you know recent, so the last couple of years, and sort of getting back into it again um, with the release of um, you know the films. That have come through recently, so that's I suppose my Star Wars uh, map. I suppose that's a it's a really interesting way of looking at it. I, I never really thought of segmenting the phases of my Star Wars um, experience, but it, it does work like that. You're right. Like the first time I watched it, I was six, and yeah. there's that like that hot and heavy affair period, the lust period, where something has just taken hold. You know, when you're a kid, you just want to watch. I'm sure you've got kids. They probably have their favorite shows that they just want to watch over and over and over again that drive you crazy. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. And that's that's how I remember uh, the three initial films. So I was kind of introduced to all three in, in a relatively short time, all on VHS, and I would just watch over and over and over and over again for yeah. I, you know as I remember it probably from from the age of six up until 12, 13. Yeah, that, that makes about some sense. And then I got into like collecting hockey cards and comics were always there. And you get distracted as a teenager, but the love of the saga was always there. And I, I always returned to it periodically. And yeah, then, definitely. And then, so, yeah, when the special editions came out, it became like this this retro thing. Ooh, it's Star Wars is 20 years old. Oh my God, what an old movie now. <laughs> Yeah, and, and whenever they release them again on DVD or, you know, the video, then the DVD and then the special editions, you know, I went out and I bought them. And I was very much, I've never really collected in the way that, that sort of yourself and Corey do with the figures, the Black Series. I'd love to, but I'm a completionist like you. So if I start, I'd have to then carry on and I'd, I'd get into so much trouble with my wife if I did that. So. I'm very much uh, sort of a DVD, movie, Blu-ray person. So whenever anything comes out like that, then that's what I get. Uh, so I've got all the films and I've had them all in different sort of forms and guises all the way through. But uh, yeah. No, well, not to point you down the dark path, because I'm sure you're happy with your with your money right where it is in the bank account. But the completionist is a killable character. I, I I am no I used to st- like early on in the podcast I would say oh, I'm a completionist I whether it's my favorite bands I need to have all their music uh, favorite you know, toy lines I gotta have it all yeah that yeah. part of me is dead it's gone I don't need to do that anymore so the Any, the black series figures I've only picked up the ones I wanted same with the three and three quarter I'm out baby it's doable you can do it heads how, how tips on doing it. Just, just fixate on the. Oh, that character looks great. I'm just gonna. I'm. I just want that one, or you know, two or three, whatever it is. Just they look great. I don't need to have. Like for example, I I bought. So I'll I'll back up just a bit further. All the Black Series stuff that came out. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't buy them. 
it was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to touch this. But then the 40th anniversary figures came out and I'm, I was like, well, these look spectacular. But in often the case, the figure in the Black Series packaging and the 40th anniversary packaging is the, is the same. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not buying both. So I, see, I, just, I, think, I think I'm, I'm probably, it's easier for me because I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it and leave it in the package. So for me, it would be opened and it would be played with and it would be played with by sort of a four-year-old predominantly followed by a seven-year-old a bit. Um, I wouldn't ever buy one and then put it up. Uh, that's, that's just me, I guess. But uh, as a result, I probably... So those wonderful figures, shall we say, that you've got going into a drawer in a few a few days' time. Um, if I if I won one of those, I'd open it and I'd, I'd let my boys play with it. It'd be that sort of thing. So yeah, well, mine usually just sit on a shelf. <laughs> I, I don't I don't open too many, but they do just kind of sit on the shelf. It torments the children. So yeah. sometimes I try to throw them a bone. I'll, I'll I'll pick up an extra this or that for them. But yeah. All right. So over the years, you I'm sure you've had many unique experiences with Star Wars and certain faces or people get attached to that experience. So let's let's take a look at your four faces of Star Wars. It doesn't have to be in any particular order. Uh, but the only rule to this whole thing is that there's no George Lucas. That's the only rule because I figure that anybody who comes on this show... First, the first name that's going to come tumbling out of their mouth is going to be George Lucas, and that will make for a pretty boring show. So that's that's the one and only rule. Okay. The flanneled one is just, I just assume he's on everybody's <laughs> list. We don't have to talk about him because we know it too well. So um, go ahead, kick, throw us your first name. Okay. All right. Um, so the way I've looked at this is I've I've gone for who to me. Yeah makes me think of Star Wars. And so the earliest Star Wars memory I've got, so that was where I started. And the earliest Star Wars memory that I have is I must have been four or five. And where we lived, there was a market. Every Saturday, there was an indoor market. It was a sort of market. You'd walk in and you'd be hit by the uh, the smell of fish, you know, that had just been just been caught that morning. Proper quality marketplace, and there was a big area in this market. And the memory I've got is my dad taking me down, and there was a big group of people, and we were all there to see Darth Vader. Now, my memory all the way through this is that it was David Prowse, and I can't find any evidence to the contrary. I can't find <laughs> evidence to prove it either. And I was only four straight five at the time. But somewhere along the line, my memory has created, engineered, whatever the fact that this was David Prowse. He lived in Bristol. We grew up in Bristol. Now, Bristol to where I, where I grew up, a place called Exmouth, uh, near Exeter in the southwest of England. It's about an hour away. So it's really quite possible that he he could have come down. It could have been a sort of a film um, a promotional event, I guess. And I got picked up by this Darth Vader. 
and I've got a memory of this being physically picked up in the air above his head with my head right next to, you know, the, the mask, the helmet. And that to a four or five year old, I've never, ever forgotten. Um, and I can still picture it now. I can be I can remember being in the group of people and I can remember going out and standing in front of him and he picked me up. Talk about and, first impressions, right? I mean, this is right at the beginning where you first saw Star Wars, right? Yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, this is um I don't even know if I'd seen Star Wars at that point, to be perfectly honest. But by my reckoning, this would have been around about nineteen nineteen eighty. 283. So it was either just before Return of the Jedi, it was just after Return of the Jedi. It was something like that. Um, but it, it's just always stuck. I can picture it now. And there's a photo at home. I couldn't find it. It's at mum and dad somewhere, but there's a photo at home of me being lifted up. So I've definitely been lifted up by Darth Vader. Hopefully, David Prowse was inside. But anyway, that's the oh, first. We're going to go with that. That was Dave Prowse there, for for sure. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want my second one? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love, I love, I gotta say, I love that first one, man. I, that's exactly the type of, of personal story that I'm hoping to get on this show. So <laughs> you, you set the bar pretty high right off the bat. I'll try and find a photo and send it down um, to back it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, the second one, and I guarantee no one will ever have heard this name because the name is my seven-year-old friend, a chap called Andrew Bottom. Um, now, I was best best mates with with, with Andrew. We, we've lost touch now. I mean, this was when I was was up in uh, Norfolk. We moved around when I was when I was younger. But the reason Andrew gets his place here is because. It was at his house that I have the first memory of watching Return of the Jedi. And I'm pretty certain I watched it on VHS. Um, and we'd go around, and he had all of the figures. His mum and dad were separated. And so he very much got presents from mum and from dad. And he had the Millennium Falcon. He had the X-Wings. He had all of all of the figures and the one thing that sticks in my mind was he had the hand solo that i wanted my hand was the one from empire was the one from hoff so okay. i had i had the hand where i it was kind of like the wrong hand back then for me i wanted the hand of the millennium falcon i wanted the waistcoat and the shirt and everything um and he had that one uh, and we used to we used to play with the figures and just put return of the jedi on and watch return of the jedi uh, so Andrew Bottom goes in as my second, my second. Perfect. Name. That's awesome. Yeah, it's. I, I had a friend as well, and it's. That's always the friend you. Oh, please invite me over today. I, I want to go to Andrew's house today. Please pick up the phone and call me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Everybody had that friend who just w somehow was magically showered with gifts. I had a, I had a buddy named Patrick, and this kid owned. Everything he had. Were you into GI Joe? Uh, I wasn't. No. No. Okay. So this guy had. It was. A, it was an aircraft carrier. Right. Toy, and it was like six feet long. It was just the. I think it, it's still today is one of the biggest toy sets ever made. 
Okay. It was enormous. Like every boy w- wanted this thing. Yeah. And I, I was really good friends with this with this kid who did. And I remember seeing this thing and all the other accessories that he went with it. Like he had the airplane that sat on it. And you know, we we had a similar size jet. And it was great. You have like this full size jet with pilots and everything. And but he had the place to land it. <laughs> he had the yeah. place to land like yeah. five of them. It was <laughs> it was like unbelievable to to a, a little kid to have a six foot toy that you it could almost be like a cot that you could sleep on. Absolutely, so I, I totally hear you. The kid that owns everything. Yeah, it, there's a there's a jealousy there that um, <laughs> you being a dad now, being a dad, it's it's difficult to not go and buy everything out there for your boys because you you have to sort of stop yourself buying them for you as that child, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Are you buying it for you or are you buying it for your kids? Like, are, yeah. you, are, you, are you trying to fill out a scratch and itch that they don't really have? You yeah. know what I mean? You don't really need to do it because they're, they're going to find something or somebody anyway who, oh, that little Robbie over there has all the stuff that I want anyway. What do you mean? I just bought you 50 <laughs> new toys. Why yeah. do you want to go see Robbie? Oh, because he has that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know that you can really make them happy that way. So I think you have to pick your battles. Agreed. Agreed. But that's no, that's another great story, man. So you and you lost touch with Andrew. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, ah, I was that, about, that about seven or eight when um when we moved again. Uh, I, I sort of I lived in three three sort of areas until I was sort of seven or eight, and then I stuck stuck in that one area ever since. But um, yeah, Andrew. Andrew was was lost, uh, but uh, if you're listening out there, you're the reason why, or one of the reasons why I love Star Wars so much. So, well, yeah, he's he's on your Mount Rushmore of of Star Wars faces. Yes. Do, do you have Do you have an, a UK equivalent of Mount Rushmore? Uh, do we have a UK equivalent? I don't. Doesn't think... some sort of like national monument that has some famous politicians or founding father type things? No, sadly not. But but it's funny you say that because ironically, Matt Rushmore is going to be coming into a question for you guys, uh, probably for tomorrow's show, actually. Oh dear. Yeah, you you just you just grabbed that one out. But um, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we've got an English an English version of it. Uh, I don't know that we do in Canada either. I guess we could always look to our paper money, right, and our coins. It's all, yeah. it's all the Queen, right? She's yeah. she's there. That's the, that is true. That is true. Um, but as for as for four four faces on a mountainside, we haven't got anything like that. That's for that's for definite. Now, oh, well, what are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So hit hit us with your third name. Okay, the third name, predictably perhaps, but the third name would be Luke um, or you know Mark Hamill. Uh, the you know the iconic. The iconic character, uh, you know, along with Anakin, you know, Luke Skywalker, I should think, is 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 the one that carries that Skywalker name through. And he was who I who I wanted to be when you know when I was a little boy. I, I was Luke. I was the one with the green lightsaber um, because Return of the Jedi was such an important film for me, and the film that really sort of got me into into Star Wars. I. I had Luke, but Luke the Jedi. 
So I went back and learned Luke's story. I didn't I didn't come into it in 77 with Luke as the farm boy and then see how he grew up into the Jedi. I went straight in with Luke in the black with the green lightsaber, already done, already powerful. He was, already, he'd already mostly figured it out. Yeah, and and you know, I wanted to be him. I'm sure I probably would have had the same experience if I'd have if I had been sat there watching A New Hope, watching him become the hero. But for me, he was already he was already there. Um, and there's parts of Return of the Jedi that that you know I I don't think can be beaten. I mean, the the green lightsaber, some of the shots when he's fighting Vader um, at the end, sort of the clash of the green and the red. Uh, the the barge, Jabba's Jabba's barge, and the the scene with R two, where he chucks the lightsaber out and he does the jump, and you know my boys love that. You know they sort of shout and you know go, whoa, great when that happens when they see it. We watched it again this morning, in fact, uh, and he's 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 the person I suppose that I'm most looking forward to to then seeing his development in the next film, in The Last Jedi. Well, uh, that's a great question. I, I'm sure this will come up. I'm sure other people down the line will have this, will have Luke Skywalker as as a face from their Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how The Last Jedi is going to change that. I wonder, like, if, if we had you back five months from now, would you change your answer? Like, could, there, could they do anything with Luke to make you go, wow, they've... They've pulled the rug out from under him. I, I think yep. some interesting things could happen with it, with Luke. I'm a bit scared, if I'm being honest, um, because he's on this pedestal, and I'm not convinced that we're going to that we're going to fall back in love with him at the start of the new film. I think there's going to be a period of time where he's he's not going to be easy to love. He's not going to be easy to be on the same side as. I think it's going to be a case perhaps of taking sides between him and Ray. And we're going to naturally, I think, fall onto Ray's side because I think we'll, we'll see that Ray will be the one in the right. And it will only be perhaps towards the end of the film where actually Luke comes back into his own and assumes the sort of the hero status that, that we all know he he has shown previously and hopefully will in the future as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it's totally that, man. I totally, I think we all kind of share that fear from, from you know, from Bennett Skyhopper's podcast to Luke's favorite hero of all time. Yeah. He's terrified. And yeah. I'm afraid and you're afraid. Like, I think you're right. Like, exact, exactly what you said. We're going to come into The Last Jedi and we're going to look at Luke and our hearts are going to break and go, what's happened to you? Who are you? Go with yeah. Ray. Go fight. They need you. And he's just going to be this grump that just doesn't want any part of it. And yeah, we're we're going to be rooting. We've seen things from Ray's perspective. She's going to try and pull him back in. Mm. And please, Luke, go with her. And he's. I don't know that he, if he will or won't. I'm, my guess now is that he he won't. But I think eventually he will. And that's and that's when we'll meet the the old Luke again. Mm. I can't wait for that moment. Do you think it will happen at the end of the Last Jedi, or do you think that could be left until the, the 
you know, the ninth one. I think, I don't think that we'll see Luke in action in, in, at the end of episode eight, but I think we'll know that he's back in the fold. I think he's going to show up, but I think we're going to have a reunion scene with Leia. And I think we're going to know that Luke has pulled himself up and he's ready to go. I think, I think that's how the movie might end where we go into nine going, Oh damn, like Luke's back and he's going to open a can of whoop ass in, in episode nine. Yeah. But isn't it, isn't it exciting that we, you know, we hear so many things. We know so many possibilities. We have ideas about what might happen, but actually we have no idea how eight is going to end up. We have no, no. idea where we're going to be at the start of nine. We have no idea where we're going to be at the end of nine. You know, we know, you know what's funny is that right now they have no idea. The powers that be have what? no idea where nine is, is at right now. They're, no, they're starting over, I think. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Especially with the, you know, the recent news um, you know, with, with JJ and everything, I mean, it, it's it's up for grabs again. Everything is back on the table, I think, yeah. including some controversial things. I, w- I would probably imagine. Do you think? Do you think with with JJ then? <laughs> sorry to go off topic, but do you think with JJ coming back in? Do you think the the layer storyline is, is? I think that's back the, on the table. You really do. I think the I think a conversation will be had. Whether we as as fans hear about that conversation, I doubt that. And I and Lucasfilm has already kind of set the table for for fandom. They said we're not recasting and they're not doing CG. No, and I think there's you know I, I forget the exact wording, but I think that's all that fans heard. No recast, no CG. So I I think that's that's the only thing that people understood by and large. Yeah, so I, I have a hard time thinking that they'll back away from that. But I think JJ will ha- want to have his own conversation about Leia and what he can and can't do with with that. See, I, I agree because I think at the end of the Force Awakens, he knew that at that point he knew that he wasn't going to be part of the next two films, but he would still have probably had thoughts himself about where things might go. Yeah, I think sure. it'd be silly to 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 not have thought that. Now, if he's now come back in, he's going to finish that that trilogy off. Sadly, you know, with with Carrie uh, passing away, things have sort of changed dramatically. But he's still going to have those thoughts that he's going to come back to that he he would have wanted Leia to to sort of get to at the end. And yeah, I think he's going to come in with with possibilities of changing things. Yeah, I think he's coming in. I mean, he, I'm sure he he was never too far away from what's going on. I, I think he was probably abreast of everything as it happens. So, does he bother asking the question? Can he can he broach the Leia topic? I don't know. I really don't. But I, I imagine that Kathleen Kennedy and the powers that be they'll. They'll hear him out. I'm I'm sure of that. They're they're kind of in dire straits now, right? They mm. need this to go well from here on in. Yeah, yeah. So it is really hard to say, but I'm excited. I just I just desperately want them to get her story right, and I I, I had almost no faith in the current group doing it. No, me too. No, I agree. I think I think that there are. 
there were two or three people that I would have been perfectly happy seeing take over uh, the reins for nine. Um, and JJ's one of them. So I'm happy. I think he'll do a good job. And uh, I loved, you know, I loved The Force Awakens. <laughs> it introduced me to to characters that I already sort of cherish, I already love, the likes of Ray, you know, Finn, uh, Kylo, from the point of view of a character. Uh, sure. So, you know, he did a fantastic job, in my opinion, on the first one. And whether he plays it safe, which is the argument that he might have done in the first one, or whether he, you know, goes for it, I don't think it really matters. I think a job he play. Absolutely, I think so. Yeah, we're we're gonna hit on this. So this this worthy of recognition, but this will drop after episode ninety three. So you may have, this may have already heard these takes by the time you hear this worthy of recognition. But hey, nothing wrong with being a little repetitive and talking more Star Wars. All right, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so pulling up the rear. Okay. The fourth name in your Star Wars Mount Rushmore. Fair enough. So uh, the fourth person. Uh, and anyone who sort of follows me on Twitter will probably have a fair idea what I'm about to say. Uh, my favorite Star Wars character is R2. So there's always got to be a place for R2 in this list. He, he He's he's Star Wars, I suppose, for me. I, I, I just love him. I love the appearance. I love... Uh, I love the story that he has. I love the link he has between all of the films, um, his character, the sounds he makes, the fact that you relate to him without any idea about what he's saying. You know, you're going on what a C-3PO or a Luke or what a Ray, you know, is, is back to the camera to you. You, you know all the way through. He, he's, he's Star Wars to me. He's, he's the, the, the character that, I think if you if you were to put out a poll, shall we say, he'd be the one I'd vote for in the most iconic. <laughs> what iconic you say? Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that, Corey? <laughs> yeah, no, R two R. He's just such an unbeatable piece, right? Yeah. Like you said, it's you can't hear what he's talking, but you know where he's coming from. They they Ben Burt did such a good job of. Uh, as did Kenny Baker, for that matter. Mm, but yeah. the, the sounds that Ben Burt engineered for him—you know what's coming out of his mouth. Definitely. You know when he's when he's cursing out C three PO. You know when C when when sorry when R two is is sad. Yeah, they, you, they just nailed it. You know when he's going to do the opposite to what he's being told. I mean, it, it's it, and it, and also he he transcends uh, the generation. So. We love him as, you know, 40-year-olds, almost 40-year-olds, people who are older who love who love uh, the saga, they love him. My four-year-old loves him. He, he's still as much of a character now to the new generation. In a way, in a way that someone like C-3PO, I don't think quite is. I think of those two, R2 is the one that actually is still lovable. Um, now to the three, four, five-year-olds um, and has actually a bigger part in the story, hopefully. Uh, Tio, I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I'm not not as bad as Cos. <laughs> uh, he's always sort of just been the other droid to me. 
Um, maybe because I've always done R2, so he's always sort of been the one. So, or inferable, right? Yeah. Those can't have one without the other. Uh, I think he's just automatically was always number two. So I heard he made cracks about C3PO growing up. He was the annoying. He's always so nervous and precious about everything. Yeah. But R2 was just sort of, yeah, he was he was like that cool dog you had as a kid. It's just, yeah, R2 is tough to beat, man. He's the reason why someone like Chopper is so successful. Yeah. The, well, yeah, R2, R2 set the template. These And like Corey said on the podcast, like the, the Astromechs, they're they're kind of like dogs, right? You you put a dog into a movie, everybody likes the dog in the movie. Yeah, definitely. And so that's what, that's what these R2 units are. They're, they're handy pets. Yeah, <laughs> lots of it. Captain was Darth Vader. Yeah, but I'm one of your good friends from youth who, who cement helped you cement your love of Star Wars through the toys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bless him, Andrew. Yeah, only because he related, he relates me to Star Wars, so that's why that's, I mentioned. That's a good reason. Yeah, and Luke Skywalker and yep. R2D2. Agreed. That's. That's exactly the type of list that works, man. A <laughs> little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, definitely. That's what I thought. Um, I've got a few honorable mentions, if I can get a couple in. Absolutely. Okay. So the obvious ones, you, you know, your favorite Chewy. I've always, I've always liked Chewy on my key ring, along with R2. Um, well, I have a Chewy on my key ring, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, I've said about Han. I always like that about Han. So he part. But I'm going to bring this forward to more recent times. And I would be lying if I didn't say that my enjoyment, my love of Star Wars in the last few years has been because of Twitter, social media, podcasts, etc. Um, so the the person that started it all for me would be the supreme leader mark he was yeah. the one that i first got into with regards to uh talk star wars uh and then obviously you know rob steven etc but the likes of yourself uh Corey, james without you guys without the podcast without uh all of the friends the the people on twitter that you know you could list off names now um, that you sort of socialize with, you interact with every day. I'm not sure that I would be as into Star Wars as much as I am now without that. So special mentions to to you, mate, to uh, to Corey, Thanks, to uh, you know, to Mark, all all of you guys who have created this fantastic sort of space, Star Wars space, Commonwealth. For us to interact in and and enjoy, you know, hanging out with people with similar similar loves. So well, it's always it's always easy to like to just share the germs with one another, right? Yeah. It's it's it, when you're alone. Like I I remember, you know, I got into Star Wars with Corey in '84, '85. That's already the dark time. That's sort of like the defined dark time for Star Wars between '84 and '94. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we got into it, and it bit us just as hard. And we had friends who also liked it, but because it was sort of off the ra- the, the radar as far as uh, new content and pop culture had gone, 
you were uh, not that not that you were chided for it for for liking it, but it wasn't a thing anymore. It wasn't the popular thing anymore. So the fact that it endured, and you know, Corey and I were able to share it with one another. But then, you know, over time, you know, especially leading up to the prequels, when things got more heated. But there was a time when it was just totally underground for us, not dormant, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't share it. We'd pop in the movies once in a while and watch them. Yeah. But as but yes, like as as, as far as social media has gone, it's 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 makes things so much easier to share and indulge in. And when you have other people who who you connect with that you find that you're just as enthusiastic. I couldn't it, agree it, more. It, 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 it's like this this almost self-sustaining energy. I mean if I if I took away if I took away the, the Twitter, the podcast, I mean the podcasts have been they have become a thing I do. You know, I I listen to you guys every Tuesday. I put you on in the car driving to work and I usually finish listening to you five minutes from getting back home again. You know, the, the duration of the journey to work covers nicely a a tumbling saber slot. And then <laughs> except for our marathon day, pods. Well yeah, yeah. I have to go a little bit further. <laughs> um but <laughs> they they have become a part of my daily sort of being uh you know the the average week is listening to you guys it's listening to to sort of talk star wars it's it's socializing on twitter if none of that was around the films would still be there they would still be producing you know these films but you wouldn't have the same um the same experience because no as much it wouldn't about, be social at all no it's not it's as much about hearing what you guys think it's sort of chucking ideas at you speaking to you lot on you know on twitter etc and that's part of it. it you know that's part of the enjoyment and then when the film comes along it's like oh great you know that's that's almost like the cherry on top uh Talk about, you know take away twitter take away our podcasting and we'd probably buy a couple of toys and put them on the shelf and that would be the end of it. It would it would not be nearly as as fun and contagious as it is these days. It's it's we're living in quite the time to be a Star Wars fan. We are maybe the best time. I think you can make a very good case that this right now in 2017 is the best time to be a Star Wars fan. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and possibly, you know, it's just going to get better and better because it looks like. It looks like they're going to keep, you know, banging the films out and and creating the the content for us to to all talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I kind of hope they do. Kind of hope they just keep doing this until they can't do it anymore. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All um, right. Well, that's anything else you want to uh, talk about before we, we we cut you loose? I one final thing was just. As a as another one will mention, you know, again, I wouldn't have the same experience if I wasn't a dad of two little boys because, you know, it's as much about as much about sharing it with them um, and you know, building Millennium Falcons out of Lego for seven days and. And ladies and gentlemen, that's where the vagaries of Skype recording software strike again. Unreliable as it has always been. Uh, it failed me. It's the first time in a long time I've relied solely on Skype recording software, and that was the end result. So apologies for the sound quality. It, it had nothing to do with our actual conversation. 
just the resulting recording was not super, super great. Uh, but still, I hope you enjoyed it. But trust me when I say it would have been a whole lot worse if not for the digital wizardry of Commander Cody from the Rogue Squadron podcast. So a huge thanks to him for salvaging uh, what was a very messy audio file to begin with. And so check them out, Rogue Squad Pod on Twitter. If you like beer and video games and Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Game of Thrones, that kind of thing, um, this might be the podcast you might want to check out. So again, Rogue Squad Pod on Twitter and Thank you very much to Commander Cody for uh, the digital wizardry. Really appreciate him applying his expertise to this uh, faulty, faulty file of ours. Um, and you didn't miss much. Uh, really, you, you missed, I think, maybe two, three minutes there at the end. It was it was Ads giving his boys, uh, Charlie and Sebastian, a shout-out uh, for adding to his Star Wars experience. And as parents, anybody who's a parent who now shares Star Wars with their children... Uh, can certainly appreciate that sentiment. And that's uh, that's pretty much where we ended things. So again, you didn't miss too much. And I'm, I'm glad the recording didn't cut out much sooner. Otherwise, uh, I would have had a, a real mess on my hands. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening to this first edition of Worthy of Recognition. I hope you enjoyed it. And I, I hope to do more of these. Um, like I said, this, this podcast is at its core, it's about me getting the chance to talk to you powerful friends, uh, getting you on the show and finding out exactly what makes you tick as Star Wars fans. What's Who are the four most uh, iconic faces or most... The four faces that really mean the most to you in Star Wars. And again, there are no wrong answers. Ads had some really fabulous answers and unique stories in there. That's what we're aiming for. And uh, that's what I hope to get out of each of you over the coming weeks and months. Uh, so if, if you get a DM or email from me at some point, check and see if you want to be on this show. Don't be don't be surprised. I definitely want to get you on this show. Um, so that's it. This will drop early to our powerful friends. And uh, if you want to become a powerful friend and make sure you get this show uh, when it's first dropped, uh, head over to patreon.com slash tumbling saber. And for just two to three bucks a month, uh, you'll get this ex- uh, um, amongst other things. Uh, you'll get the Sith Disturbers exclusive podcast. Uh, you will get Journals of the Willing and Worthy of Recognition. Those will come early to our powerful friends. You'll also get uh, our exclusive monthly newsletter and any other uh, ramblings that we send out through Patreon or our uh, MailChimp software. Uh, also, uh, of course, we have our monthly giveaways, and we gave away our uh, Tuscan Raider. The 40th anniversary Tuscan Raider was given out and won by Stubaka, who recently received his package. Hopefully, hopefully it was in crispy mint condition. And uh, coming soon, we are giving away two three and three quarter inch Luke Skywalker figures. Uh, so you want to get to tumblingsaber.com/slash uh, powerful friends, or just head over to patreon.com/slash tumblingsaber and become a powerful friend. That's the way this works. And we would love to get you in the rotation for this show. Uh, So that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this. Let us know what you think. Uh, Let us know what worked, what didn't. Did you like this this pilot episode? I I think it went well. I had fun talking to ads, as I will certainly have fun talking to the rest of you. Uh, So that's it for now. Thanks again for listening. And we're going to catch you again later in the next episode of the Tumbling Saber podcast.